Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Hello, 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 Ankle Pickers, and welcome to another beautiful episode of the Ankle Pick Podcast. We have a little bit of a short crew today. It's me, MMA capper DK, actually recently changed his handle at Longhorn MMA. Really? That's news to me. Recently changed his handle, added added a couple edits to the bio, but it's a, a little bit simpler to find. You can find me at Longhorn MMA, still giving you the same amount of winners. Same amount of green tickets, meeting you at the cashier window every Saturday night. But now you can find all my picks at Longhorn MMA. And if you're looking for a Texas Tech instigator, he's also your guy. I I am your guy. Man, those Tech fans are are so soft. But we had an off week because the UFC had an off week. But needless to say, we did not forget about this fantastic UFC 260, Miocis versus Nganu 2. A banger of a card. Huge pay-per-view. I mean, Kobe, Kobe, what did you think about the main event result? I'm glad I stuck with Ngannou because for, for weeks, and I, it was a little bit of a meatball like take that I was coming from, but I, as good of a fighter as Miocic is, I was ready for Ngannou's power to just beat him out, and that's kind of how it played out. And I know that's a meatball take, and, but sometimes a meatball take can be right. Yeah, and at this point, I don't see another guy that's going to come up in the heavyweight division and dethrone him anytime soon. But it was a fun card from top to like, bottom. It's gonna be it was a green look, card right? from top to bottom. I th- There's a lot of rumors. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of noise. So it's heavyweights going around, a lot of rumors. They're kicking the tires on Derek Lewis, uh, which is significant news for John Jones fans or people that want to see John Jones compete at heavyweight, a movie he's been teasing for six years now. But let's get into our three stars. It was a banger of a pay-per-view. We'll start, we're going to go straight to the main card. Uh, favorite of mine for the third star, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Um, I've been real confident on Sugar. I've been real, uh, I've been on the train for the Sugar Show since the beginning. And last that, that performance was a meaningful performance. I wish Reese was on here to discuss because we, we discussed last episode that Sean didn't have that performance on his resume. Something to really like set your watch to something that solidifies him as a prospect. And this was it. He was dominant. He was dancing on Thomas Almeida. Uh, you could have, you could have stopped that fight three or four times. I'm pretty sure that's why Reese has been avoiding this week's episode, right? That's why he's not. It's gotta here. be. He'll be it's joining later be. just in time to make his losing picks to the MCC. But until then he's got, he's hiding from Sean. Yeah. The sugar show was awesome. And, and he looked, he, he looked good checking leg kicks too. It was one of those things that I was a little bit shaky of recent pointed out that he, he had a two different fights that trouble with in, in the past. Um, but he was checking yeah, them. He was a fully well-rounded. The Cheetah one, he, he like kind of rolled his ankle though, right? It was like a fluky ankle. Yeah, it, 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 what he was saying is that it hit a nerve and he lost complete feeling in his foot. Okay. Um, and that's why he went down. And then I guess moving on to our second star, another favorite of the podcast, a former ankle lock. Uh, Vicente Luque out of Sanford MMA defeated the former champ, uh, got him out of there in the first round via Darce choke. And this was interesting just because for me, 
uh, in the Kamaru Usman and the Gilbert Burns fights of Woodley's, not so much in the Colby fight, but I thought that he was just failing to exchange, like moving to moving his back to the fence too willingly and just trying to find a counter moment. And that this was the fight where that might have worked versus a guy like Vicente Luque. And that would never have worked versus a Gilbert Burns or Kamaru who's just going to dominate you with power and, and control the octagon. But I was surprised that Woodley picked this fight to change his approach and just storm the center, try and hit Vicente with a flurry and just, I mean, Vicente ate it up. It's kind of getting tough. I know this has been a little bit of a long time coming. It's getting tough to continue to watch Woodley just eat and eat and eat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think that, I, that it's just been a long time coming. It's tough to see him continue to get beat up because what he was back in the day and back in the day, it doesn't even seem like it was that long ago, but here we are. Well, right before he lost to Kamaru, people were talking that he was one of the most dominant welterweights of all time. I mean, his skill set was second to none. Super well-rounded, defeating Wonder Boy in that, that. I mean, drawing and then defeating Wonder Boy. It was felt like no one of the stylistic capabilities to beat him. Then Kamaru just starched him, and he hasn't been able to get back in the win column since. First and star. then moving on to our first star, which is no surprise to anyone. Uh, you, if you were, this was probably a fight that you tuned into, even without knowing that there was a card going on before it. Because Francis Ngannou is that big of a draw. He hits like a Mack truck. I had people texting me from same kind of same kind of contacts that only come out of the woodwork for Connor stuff. We're like, so how how hard are we hammering uh, Ngannou here? And I was t- I was a little bit kind of telling them to pump the brakes. I was saying, if you're playing Ngannou, play him in round one and round two. After that, a little bit pump the brakes. And I cast a little bit of money for a couple friends, but it was an incredibly exciting fight um and I knew right when Francis shot for that takedown that this was a different Francis this was a guy who was ready to was ready for an MMA fight not just trying to swing and hit lucky a guy is as skilled as Stipe he learned the first time around that you can't just run at Stipe and expect to connect once and because Stipe is that good he's got that good of head movement didn't work out for him today or, uh, he really on is Saturday. an intelligent fighter. He's proven that time and time again. He's what fought in, it won't be anymore, but eight straight title fights, right? Right. Eight straight title fights and lost one of the Cormier matches, but won the series. And hey, the, time and time again, he kind of proves you wrong with his, you know, bring awareness, his ability to outpoint you if he's not going to knock you out. But then he's got a lot of knockouts too, so you can't even discount him there. Anyways, this time around, Ngannou's power just proved too much. And we touched on it a little, little bit already, but that's really what it came down to. Yeah, and, and I know we mentioned it a little bit, but besides Derek Lewis, it doesn't feel like there's anyone on this heavyweight roster that can really even stand a chance. And Derek Lewis, it's just holding out hope that he lands one punch. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely not even confident that I, I, we, we can do a set the spread on it when, I, when the time comes, but I mean, I'm betting Ngannou up to 200, 250 maybe even. I mean, I know that it's just one punch. One punch can do it, and especially in that heavyweight division. But who knows? I don't, I'm not the same. And it is crazy with how that fight went the first time around that we're back, back to trying to book the same fight that was probably the most boring fight of all time, the most boring fight I've ever watched for 
for a pay-per-view headliner for what's supposedly the most exciting fight again in heavyweight history. Um, it's just funny how things work out like that. Right. And we were just that one Derek Lewis over blades decision or not decision, but knockout away from, you know, it being blades and Ghana, which probably is a more that, interesting fight. Like, honestly, no, I, so I, I was about to say the opposite. I was going to say that it's probably a blessing that Derek landed that one punch. We've seen in Ghana starts blades twice. We've seen Ngannou do the same thing that uh, Derek Lewis just did to Blades yeah. twice. It's a little bit. I mean, I'd rather see the second fight of the Lewis than the third fight of Blades. But we we won't we won't we won't end our recap without mentioning uh, an honorable mention of mine. Um, one of my favorite fighters fighting right now at all, a Bellator fighter, Magomed Magomedov. Uh, uh, I mean, he continues to just demonstrate at what a miss by Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard that they allowed Bellator to sign this guy. He's definitely one of the best bantamweights in the world. I mean, we've talked about his victory over Piotr Jan, legit victory over Piotr Jan. Uh, and, until that DQ, he was the only one in the world to have a victory over Piotr Jan. But this one's legit. Magomed Magomedov is a absolute nightmare for this Bellator Bantamweight division. I think he'll be the champ by the end of the year as long as his schedule uh, permits. section in our group that he's going to be the champ by the end of the calendar year. Where can I bet this? I would love to bet it. I don't think that there's anyone in the division that holds a candle to him. He's just, he's having fun out there. It, it's fun to see him get finish after finish and just ragdoll these guys. How many fights away is he? I don't even know. So I think he uh, moved from ranked eighth in the division to ranked fourth in the division with this win. So he's like uh, a step ahead of Islam Makachev. Right. Right. <laughs> but it, I mean, but it's Bellator. He's only had two Bellator fights, but he, he is great. I mean, the, the, the closing line for this one was like over minus 1500. He's not really a guy you can ever be profitable betting unless you just throw him in every parlay, but man, is he fun to watch? So talented. All right, I guess moving into the news and notes, we had a two-week layoff, so there was time to rack up a lot of news and notes. But even more so, it seems like everything, there was a giant news drop. Uh, must have been Saturday or Sunday after that Nganu fight. Um, let's get into it. I'll start with a little bit of the more boring stuff, the business stuff. Uh, officially, as of, I think, two days ago, Venom, the apparel and athletic companies replaced Reebok as the equipment sponsor. Um, UFC four got all the new fight kits and they're all available on ESPN or not in ESPN on the UFC shop. Uh, if, if you want to buy a, a legit fight kit of these new venom stuff uh, to me, they, they look pretty similar to Reebok. I don't, I don't really, I don't Any make much of this gloves? change. No difference in the gloves. Um, I was happy to see that fighters are making it, tiny minuscule more but it's really insignificant and honestly this change is only going to be impactful for gyms i think that venom equipment whether it's gloves bags though just they're a much better combat sports company than reebok and so i think within the gyms they're going to see a, a big difference a big step up but we're really not going to notice as fans the fight kits look really generic nothing super personalized and it's just a neat change in direction and then, like, the exact same time that deal got announced, we got a probably even bigger deal announced. 
UFC's Endeavor deal, correct? Right, Endeavor, who used to be a, I think they had probably still a majority share, but they're moving to buy 100% of the UFC and take it public, which is super interesting news. I mean, I know we're gambling podcast, but we're going to suggest that everyone buy. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a economic advisor and do not take my advice thinking that you're going to get rich, but buy stock in the UFC and you'll get rich. Some good business minds ahead of that UFC. I mean, I'm excited to see that Endeavor stock and their IPO there. All right, and then next, we had an announcement of the ESBC video game, the Esports Boxing Club video game, which is going to be super awesome for any fight fans. There's really not been a boxing video game since EA Sports Fight Night in 2011, so they're getting a super huge upgrade in terms of just, like, I mean, graphics, gameplay, the whole nine yards for next-gen systems. It's a really sophisticated striking and fainting um system it's going to be super fun if you're a fight fan and you like to play video games plus the roster is like half released and it's nasty it's got a bunch of mma guys a bunch of kickboxers and obviously all the all the boxers that you could ever want and then getting into some fun news kobe i will see you down in houston the weekend of may 15th for what might be that that's a hell of a card one of the greatest cards i've ever seen UFC 262 got completely released after the Francis Ngannou fight. We have not talked about any of these fights yet. Rattle through them. So first we have the main event. Now that the my goat, Khabib, is retired and Dana is finally letting him give his belt up and let the uh, lightweight division out of this logjam. We've got Charles Oliveira, Chucky Olives versus Michael Chandler for the vacant lightweight belt. And that's going to be an absolute banger. And not to be overshadowed by the co-main event, Leon Rocky Edwards, a guy we just saw get DQ'd versus Bilal Muhammad, greets the return of Nate Diaz, a guy we haven't seen fought since UFC 244, where he lost the BMF fight on another doctor stoppage. Two guys who got their fights ended prematurely, want to get there, want to get back in there and, and just, have an absolute banger Moving and down five rounds. right and it's five rounds in the co-main then we have shane burgos edson barbosa another banger the legend tony ferguson versus a fan favorite beniel dariush we've got the up-and-coming edmund shabazian versus jack of the joker hermanson and then i do want to even mention we have legends like jacare Souza on the prelims on the third fight of the night a guy that used to headline his own pay-per-views. Um, Jacare, what an incredible, incredible card. And, and we'll be down in Houston for that. Uh, we might do we a, a little live pod action. I think yeah, we might be. do a little live pod action. So if you're down in Houston, hit us up because we, we love to interact with any kind of fans. Um, even if we've done you dirty in some bets, let us know. Moving, moving on, we had another huge release. The long-awaited tough season, tough 29, finally got our coaches. I know we've talked about rumors of whether it was going to be uh, Colby versus Jorge. We talked about if Gilbert was going to be involved. Turns out we were in the wrong division completely. It's going to be at featherweight, your champion Alex Volkanovsky and Brian T. City Ortega. 
and they're going to, they're starting to film, I think at the end of this month. And that is going to be so awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, I think, I think the season is featherweights and middleweights, but Volk and T city are going to be two awesome coaches. They're two guys who stylistically couldn't be more different. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, and then another exciting fight that I think is going to be a headline of a fight night. We've got Holloway versus a beat. Zabit's a guy who hasn't fought in two years, but he's one of my favorite guys. The the biggest single bet of my life was on Zabit versus Calvin Cater. He's a guy that I love making money on. I think he's very talented. And as crazy enough as it sounds, I think he can strike with Max, and I think he might win this match. But we'll break it down later on a different card. Then we had UFC 263 announced. Um, Figgy Moreno 2 with Damian Maya making his return versus Bilal Muhammad on the undercard. That's June 12th. And then a week later, we got two fights, a co-main event. We got Ige versus the Korean Zombie, another 145 top division matchup. And also Volkov, Cyril, Gan. To... I predicted that one. I predicted that one right after Gan's last win. You did. Matchmaker Kobe said that that would happen. And one in a row for Matchmaker Kobe. And here it is. And that, that'll, that'll also help clear up the logjam. We've got, I mean, Volkov has, a, has been knocked out by Nganu, but... Cyril Gon's one of those guys that people are talking about could be a future title contender, maybe even a future champ. He's big, he's strong. Maybe he's the guy whose chin holds up against Francis. We haven't really met one of those guys yet. Excuse me. And then last but not least, UFC 264, July 10th. We've got two fights announced there. One announced the most more recently is another favorite of mine, Gilbert Burns taking on Wonder Boy. And what'll be a really interesting stylistic matchup. And then the fight that everyone really cares about from Stephen A. Smith to Kiki Koritz, it's Connor versus Dustin three. Uh, they each took, they each took respectively one of the first two by TKO and people are excited for this one. Connor or Dustin Parker chose into the podcast for that one. Right. I'm sure Parker will be on the podcast for that one. Dustin chose that he wanted the money fight, the Connor fight over that vacant lightweight belt that we talked about with Chucky Olives and Michael Chandler facing off at 262. And I don't hate the decision for Dustin. Uh, he's, he's had an interim belt. I do think he's good enough that he'll fight for this lightweight title again. And the money fight with Connor is something that is, it's got to lose its spark eventually. And the more that he kind of goes down the wrong, the losing side, the losing column, and it's it's got to keep losing its spark. I don't know, man. He's he's drawn an audience, winning or losing. We said that we've seen a lot of Connor losing in the last three years. So and somehow he's still favored favored in all right. these matchups. I mean, all all three of his biggest three fights, right? The last three times we've seen Connor, but we saw with Ronda too eventually you lose your spark and eventually the fans turn on you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see Connor taking himself out of the sport the way Ronda did though. And I know that like, it's like kind of what I said that we've seen Connor lose a lot and he's still not taking himself out of the sport. Kind of how Ronda did. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Definitely. I'm very excited for all these fights. It feels like we're back. Um, what was the beginning Beginning of January, we were talking about this amazing stretch of fights that we were about to have with the, with the Gilbert Kamaru 
And I mean, even kicking off with the Holloway cater, I mean, we've just been spoiled. It's been so much fun. So COVID impacted the UFC in such a weird way because UFC was one of the sports that was able to kind of power through to some extent. Like it was the first one back. We had events back in May, back, you know, when nothing was even close to coming back. But it also set us up because of all the way we had these COVID fighters and we had these like events that were happening with maybe not the biggest names and some names were just kind of taking themselves out for a while. All of a sudden we've got this log jam of fights that we're still in the middle of that, you know, you would have thought looking at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, when we had all these events with such great headliners, we're still in the middle of it and they're still being announced. And that's why they're still booking pay-per-views with multiple title fights. That's why they're still booking t- title fights on, on, fight night cards and, and Max Holloway versus beat is going to be, I mean, that's not a title, but that's going to be on a fight night card. That's a big name versus a big name with a big following. I mean, we've talked about uh, the following that Khabib has and all these Dag standing fighters to beat Magomed Sharipov is right there with him. He is a legend. He, he was in the corner of my guy, Magomed Magomedov last weekend. Uh, Khabib was on Twitter three days ago, calling him the best featherweight in the world. This is a guy who makes a lot of noise and moves the needle a lot, not so much in America because he's been inactive. But this guy is really the real deal. That's it for news and notes. That's it for news and notes. Let's uh, take a quick break. Hopefully we'll bring back our third panelist for the MCC and we'll catch up with y'all in a second. Whoosh. All right, finally, the real host is back. The last host absolutely sucked. We're going for the, for the uh, upgraded host button. Call to the pen for the close. Call, call to the pen for the close. Bring in the writing. I got back. Danny hit it on the nose. Uh, I was absent because I, was, I didn't want to talk about the Sugar Show, so I just missed the recap. Couldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Won't do it. So we're getting into this card. Public service announcement, by the way. For the Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland card. We have a public service announcement button that we can like. Burr, burr, burr. I know. We need buttons. We need buttons. No, but it's got to be more like uh, presidential. Like, bum, bum, ba, da, da. <laughs> we need different buttons like the for public different service things. announcement. Different buttons for different things. Anyways, public service announcement. This is an early card. The first fight, the Impa Kasaganai fight, is 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So I thought all week this was a night card. Turns out it's a... 10 30 11 it looks like the main card starts at 2 p.m central time so be ready to watch a morning card i don't know if you record it or whatever but if you're getting your bets in it's on abc get in early some get proper in early. 12 in your coffee proper tw- well yeah i mean who doesn't drink that early? so with that being said this is an early card get your bets in honestly tomorrow night or when you're listening to this pod because the card the card's an early one so let's start it off in because and i uh, most recently, the recipient of the bad end of a highlight knockout versus, uh, let's see, Sasha Palantinkov. And the line on this one's Kinsangani is a favorite, no, not surprisingly. Impa is minus 280 and Sasha is plus 240. I'll kick us off here. Yeah, always do. Uh, with I the curtain jerker. Yeah, the opener. Um, I was on the wrong side of Sasha Palantinkov's last fight uh, when he survived all the bombs from – Louis Kosey in the first round until Louis Kosey gassed. And then Vladnikov was kind of able to impose his will. As much as this might look on paper as a similar situation, Impa is actually a much 
smarter fighter than Lewis showed in that fight. I don't expect him to go there's out other, there and gas early. An, the other big, big thing that Danny met, if for those who listen to set the spread, Danny won this week's set the spread off this prelim fight because we tied after the main card. And he mentioned that Impa moved camps and he did something else. He moved camps. Right. So here's the other thing. This fight is happening at welterweight for mm, the first time in Impa's career. Wait, yeah. And he so he's never fought at 174, always at 185. It's going to be very interesting to see how he looks on the scale, uh, to see if he looks sucked out or if he, if he looks hydrated, this is going to be an awesome one. He's now at Sanford MMA, as you just alluded to, with Henry Hooked and about a hundred of killers at welterweight and at middleweight to train with. Like, I mean, the champ, the last contender, um, Vicente Luque, a guy we just saw dispose yeah. of Tyrone Woodley. He's got a lot of guys that he can train with. Um, as long as he's not depleted on the scale, I think Impa gets this done violently. So I so. He's moving up in weight, so he's going from lightweight to down. Welterweight. I thought you said he's going. No, I thought you said he's fighting welterweight. Yeah, Impa's going from one eighty five. Impa's going from one eighty five to one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he right, 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 because he was fighting um, Buckley. Buckley at eighty five. Right. So he's going from eighty five to seventy on set. The spread we were saying he's going from fifty five to seventy. He's going from eighty five to seventy. The thing about Impa is he's already so lean as is. That would be one to mark on your. Uh, weigh-ins i'm assuming are tomorrow tomorrow morning so that's going to be one to watch to see if he actually makes it that's going to be tight if he looks good i agree with you i think that the big thing that sasha is going to realize even after even though he fought a killer like kosi is i think impa's going to have a not only assuming the weight cut doesn't hurt his stamina but a power difference oh I huge think that, yeah it hits a lot harder than lewis kosi a lot did. harder a lot harder and the thing that's always marked Impa off on my radar is just the inexperience. But time and time again, he showed that that's not really a factor. The Maki Patolo fight in particular is the one I always allude to, as well as his contender series. But he's just a raw athlete who believes. I think Impa at 280, at 280 I think that could honestly be a, a good bet. I really do. Because Sasha's riding high off that under. Uh, big, he was a big dog against Kosi. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of works out where he had a big upset – Impa had a big and he ate a lot of big shots in that first round. I don't think that Absolutely. he eats the, those same shots from Impa and continues walking. I agree. I, I like Impa a lot there. Moving up the card, Da Un ja, da, da Un Jung. So he's 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 a I feel like he's a UFC bet, but he's fighting William Knight. Yeah, so he fought Mike Rodriguez. So he's he's undefeated. He's on or not like undefeated in the UFC. Uh, but Kadis Ibermigov. Ibramigov, we we've he's like 0-4 in the UFC, so that's not big. But Mike Rodriguez, who's later on the card. But we got Daun Jong versus William Knight. William Knight was supposed to fight Alonzo Manyfield here a couple weeks ago, and they both this kind of just deteriorated. Here's the interesting part about this one. William Knight's the dog at plus 120 here. Daun Jong minus 240. Daun Jong. Ladies and gentlemen. Danny, cut yeah. it off. I, uh, William Knight is a guy I labeled as a COVID fighter, uh, before the Alexa Kamer wow. fight and I unsuccessfully faded him that night. Um, the way I see it, he has significant power, but that's about it. He always seems to put himself in bad situations and kind of rely on his strength and rely on just physicality to get out. He always seems to get clipped, clipped. Um, and, and I will be every time he fights, I will be looking to fade 
fade him. There will be a big spot to do so in the future. I don't think that it's this fight. Daewoon Jung is a guy I don't, I just don't trust. He looked really bad in that draw against Sam Alvey. He couldn't seem to find any momentum or like just land any combos. Um, even though I think he's a lot better than Sam Alvey. And I think that on a skill wise, he's a lot better than William Knight. I don't feel comfortable fading William Knight heavy here, but that's going to be something that's it's in my tickler file. William Knight, it's not a guy that has a, a serious future in this division. See that that's interesting to me because I have a different feel. I, I have that take that Danny has on a lot of fighters, not William Knight though. And the reason being is I usually don't like guys who are undersized height wise for their division that rely so much on the power. Like you said, that I was, I also faded him against Alexa Kamur and that was really bad. I mean, it was a domination. And where it surprised me was the domination on the ground, too. And I never saw that coming. And I think William Knight's power, if, I think if he fights a guy who's very rangy, he would struggle. But anyone who's willing to throw with him, or if he shoots, for, if he gets to the mat, he's a tough guy to get out from under. I just don't know enough about Jung here to decide if this is the fade the only thing i know is the same thing that a lot of people know and that's the recency bias of watching that sam alvey fight he was a heavy favorite going in i perennially fade sam alvey and i remember i think i remember being happy that i got the draw that i thought he might have lost that fight and i was like okay i'll take the draw thank god and it did probably busted one of my parlays which was my fear so a guy, any guy who goes through a decision or a draw with sam alvey's a guy i'm not looking to ride I'm with you. I don't think you ride William Knight here, but I don't think he's exactly a COVID fighter. I think he brings more to the table. He reminds me of like, kind of like a Buckley who I thought was a COVID fighter, but he like, he's a guy who's undersized because of how much muscle he brings on. But I feel like he's got like the way I saw him use his top control is something that really showed me that he belongs not necessarily at 205, but belongs in the UFC. No, you're um, right. Against Kamer, he took that on short notice, and he, he definitely proved in that fight he's not a COVID fighter. He, yeah. he, he deserves to be here. But I do think that there's going to be a big opportunity to fade him. It's, the only way that happens is if he can pile up a couple. Like, if he, beats, if he beat a guy like Manyfield, for example, that would have catapulted him. You know what I mean? So this fight isn't the fight that I think is going to get us to the fade spot. But I agree. If you see, like, all of a sudden he's fighting like a – I'm trying to think of, like, a really big, skilled, light heavyweight. You know what I mean? You'll be like, that well-rounded. Not necessarily an OSP, but, like, a bigger name guy. I could see a big-time fade. Moving up the card, we have – this whole undercard, honestly, for an ABC card is really not that bad. There's a lot of fights I'm excited for. This one's one that's on Danny's radar. Luis Saldana versus Jordan Griffin. And it's a close one. So Donna is plus one or minus 135. Jordan Griffin plus 115. Yeah, uh, I am really excited for this one. I think Luis Saldana has slick submission skills. I think he has pretty decent hands. And he's, to, to kind of top it off, he has good takedown defense. I don't see him ending up on his back for a significant amount of time here. And that's kind of the only way I see Jordan Griffin's route to victory. He's not a guy, Jordan Griffin's not a guy at, I've ever had a lot of trust in no like huge red flags. He's decently well-rounded, but he's not really great or good at anything. And he hasn't looked 
he hasn't looked his best since that contender series fight. He hasn't not once replicated the contender series performance, the performance that got him a contract. I'm pretty confident here. I think Saldana is going to finish him. I'm not sure if he's going to knock him out or get the sub, but I think he has the capability to do both. And I really think that Jordan's Griffin's only path to victory is laying on top of him, getting some kind of wrestling advantage. And I think that Saldana's takedown defense is too good for that. So Danny and I were talking a little bit about this before. This was a potential ankle ankle lock candidate. The the thing that drew me away, I agree with everything Danny said. And I I think that when come Saturday, you'll see Soldana on both of our cards. I know he's definitely going to see Danny's card. I'm like right there. I The thing that scares me is Jordan Griffin, although he's lost like three of his last four, I believe, He's going valuable rounds with some top-level UFC talent. Dan Ige, he lost via decision. Yusuf Salal, I wouldn't necessarily say top-level, but he's a guy that I respect that I've, I think has a ton of talent. So I agree with what Danny said. We haven't seen a good Jordan Griffin since his Contender Series fight. But I just – he's got – I always say that even though losses are on records, when you have losses against good guys, it's a win in my book because experience cannot be like taught. It can only be earned. And he's got experience with some tough, tough guys, tougher than Saldana. And so I do I think, think Saldana is going to put the exact same fight on him that Yusuf did just a lot of. Uh, that's, that's what I think. I think that Yusuf gave a blueprint. So I agree with you. I just think that who do you think is an easier fight? Zalal or, or Saldana? I think Saldana, but, that's what I think too. It depends kind of where I think Saldana on the feet, but I think that Saldana is more dangerous to get a sub. I agree. I agree. I I think I I see what Danny's seeing. I think that's a spot for those who are looking for a spot to maybe get a a closer to even line. I think Luis Saldana is a great spot. Um, Moving up the card. There's a fight that we also kind of were talking back and forth about. It's a bantamweight bout between Hunter Azure and Jack Shore. And this one's one that I think, it could be on the main card. I'm really excited for this one. Line on this guy. When did best fight, fight odds stop going like in order of bouts? Hunter Azure plus 145. Jack Shore minus 165. But one thing of note, this opened at minus 110 each way. So sharp action has been on Jack Shore all the way since open. Yeah, and I'm right there with the Sharps. Shore at 13-0. and 0. You are a sharp, Danny. You awesome sharp. grappler. You are a sharp there, guy. Don't sell yourself. You are. Yeah, one in a row green cards. Sharp. <laughs> Longhorn MMA. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, at 13-0, Shore is an absolutely spectacular grappler. He's one of the two people on this card that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this comparison. He, right. He's half human. He's half backpack. Uh. Once he's on your back, looking for him to lock that body triangle in, and then it's just a matter of time before he gets the rear naked. He's also decently technical on the feet, um, and he's got a great guillotine too. So watch for that if Hunter shoots lazily at some point. Hunter is a guy I also like. I think he's really well-rounded, really durable, durable, good wrestling background, decent hands. He's athletic enough to give Shore some problems. Like I don't see Shore being able to just keep him on his back for the entire time, but I do see – Hunter having a lot of trouble getting back to his feet. Um, I think the Welshman is going to be too much for him. I think that when it starts on the feet, he's going to be quicker, more technical. And then on the ground, it's, I mean, Jack Shore is just head and shoulders, but of Hunter in terms of 
jujitsu and I don't see Hunter being able to get to top position. So I, I, I really think that shore is going to be awesome here. I've already placed it, but I haven't put it on my bet MMA tips yet. Um, shore plus Saldana parlay, I think pays like plus plus one ninety right now, close to double your money. And that'll see my card for sure. Yeah, I really think that the, the thing, so I think that the, I'm caught in a crossroads because I think at minus one ten. Danny, you're dead on. I think Jack Shore is just a little bit better on the feet. He's definitely better on the mat as far as rolling goes. I think that I'm worried that Sharps have now created a value spot for Hunter Azure. And the reason why I'm on that, and I was talk, talking to Danny about this earlier, he went, he, he has a, a win on his record in the UFC, a unanimous decision against Brad Katona. For those his debut. His debut. For those unfamiliar with Brad Katona, uh, he was the he was the tough winner of the Stipe DC season. The thing, the reason why this is so valuable is because Brad Katona is a phenomenal wrestler. Phenomenal wrestler, one of the better. Brad wrestlers. Katona has a submission finish over Bryce Mitchell. Great, guy yeah. who has that, phenomenal yeah. grappling. Yes, yes, yes. Brad Katona is a, a, a very very well rounded fighter, very good fighter. You'll see a lot of him, and Hunter as you're beaten, and and when you see that you you can see that the type of pressure wrestling that Hunter Azure brings to the table, along with the, the ability to mix in the standup, I don't think he's going to be able to beat Jack Shore. I, I, that's why I think 110 is good value. But I think if you ran this fight through a simulation a bunch of times, I wonder if 145 is a price that's worth paying. I think that I worry that Hunter Azure is going to spoil a lot of people's parlays or just a lot of people's bets in general. And I could see a three round grind it from the top, just beat them in type victory. But I agree. It's, it's tough to, both are so talented. I think if you're trying to take Jack Shore down, you're putting your hand in the fire and expecting not to get burned. Yeah. I, I agree, but I just think, He's so strong from the top. So that's why I see exactly what you're saying. I worry about the 145, 165 line. That's what scares me. Definitely. So now we're going on to the ankle lock of the week, baby. Let's get it. Hit the horn. Whatever the Poha. We need a Poha horn. Um, it's Jorgen DeCastro against, oh, Jesus, Jarges Donho. And this is less about that guy, so I don't even care about his name. It's about – Jorgen DeCastro here. I think that he has an unbelievable easy path to, to, to win this one. The line is a little steep, though. It's minus 310, plus 255 on the other side. I just It's come all the way up from minus 250. The only reason why I don't want to get fancy with it is because I think DeCastro is like the one heavyweight that it's like he could take it to decision. You know what I mean? So you don't want to get that KOTKO fancy with it. But I think this is like almost a no-sweat type contest here. I think this is an easy one for Jorgen to, to push off the victory. I really do. Yeah, I, I see it the exact same, but also a little bit different than Reese. I think it is a lot about Jarji Stanho. I mean, the dude has maybe <laughs> the weirdest record in all of MMA. His last fight being a draw and the one before a technical majority loss where one judge gave a 10-10 round in the third round. I've Jeez. never seen a 10-10 round in my life. But well, this all happened five years ago. In 2016, his last two fights yeah. were five years ago. It's 37 How, the hell? How it's is he still on the roster? The amount of like turnover that Dana has had on this roster, I know. and he's been just sitting on the bench 
for five years? That yep. was like some great record. No, just and like, look at all those. Look at all the canceled bouts. I mean, he's got three in a row. He had a canceled bout against Greg Hardy, and that's back in 2019. They were trying to pipe Greg Hardy. They're just trying, trying to, to beat him away. Yeah, and it feels like they're trying to set up Jorgen Castro here that's to just I, get and, back on track in exactly. the wing column. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be exciting. Exactly it's two heavyweights going to the center octagon, paint, playing a game of punch face. Anything can happen. I, I but I, I agree. But even still, I think Jorgen DeCastro's yeah. striking is like leaps and bounds ahead. So yeah. it's oh, like, even, you know what I mean? So I want to see if he's still the guy that knocked out Justin Taffa, who Bingo. looks great right now. Bingo. I agree. That's exactly where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at. So I think. This is a great spot to play him. 310 obviously is tough for heavyweights and light heavyweights, but I just, for an ankle lock, I think this is one of the safest and only spots on this card. Ankle locks 13 and six and coming off a win. Yep. Miranda Maverick. Miranda Maverick. Last just got a fight booked. Women's MMA. Danny's bread and butter. Bread so and butter. light next bout, lightweight bout, John McDessey versus Ignacio Bahamadas. He's Bahamondes. He's new to the roster. McDessie plus 165. Ignacio minus 190. Dan, you got any notes on this guy? Uh, a little bit. Um, McDessie's a guy we know. He's been on yeah, the receiving Mac- end of a ton of brutal KOs. He's probably on more people's <laughs> highlight reels than he has highlights on his own between that Cerrone head kick and the, <laughs> the spinning yeah. wheel from who was it? I don't, can't even remember. But uh, Baja Mundes is the same kind of. Lando Venata was the wheel. Yeah, Lando Venata was the wheel kick. Um, Bob Mondays is is kind of getting primed set up for one of those. He's a really creative striker making his UFC debut. He's got creative kicks. He he loves to spin. Like it does feel like there's oh. a chance for a highlight real KO here. You know what? He's the contender series. I know exact he's the, the front Chilean. kick contender series. He's the Chilean, the front kick. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm yes. Okay. This so one thing that I want to mention just quick because we're at got back-to-back contender series guys with him and Katat, uh, Jorgen, and you're going to see more and more. We, we have a couple on this card already. Yeah, we talked about Impa. Impa. I mean, Pena? Azure was a contender series guy. Griffin was a contender series guy. This is just something for people to note kind of as in the back of their head when they're watching spots to bet. Dana loves feeding the tough guys and the contender series guys easier opponents because he loves seeing the success of the people post show he loves it and he builds these guys up because the show gives them the foundation to be superstars because the show allows them more so tough but allows them to show their personality show what they look at nate diaz look exactly so many guys so many guys coaches too but so when you have these guys on dana white shows contender series tough dana likes to give them good matchups and kind of feed them along to give themselves the ability to get the star power. So when I see a guy who's getting kind of a, a, a draw that you think is kind of easy, and then you're like, oh, he's a contender series guy, it's it's not on accident. You know what I mean? And it's usually a spot where you can find some value. And the reason why I mention that is because I think this is – no, this is, I mean, McDessie's a veteran of the sport, but I think this is a similar spot, like you were saying. Let's, mm-hmm. let's get this guy a name, a bigger name that – And maybe a highlight reel. Bingo. Maybe a highlight reel. Exactly. And then that brings this guy to another another stratosphere, and and that's and that's what Dana's all about—just marketability and selling. So I think there's a spot here. The line 190 is a little high in my liking, but we'll see. Women's bantamweight bout—I don't have anything on this one, Danny. 
Norma Dumont versus Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, y'all know how I feel already. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it 50 50? Let me get the line. So, yeah, Aaron look at this Blanchfield, line. We've got a minus 255 yep. versus a plus 215. For those listening, Norma, Norma Dumont is minus 255. Aaron Blanchfield plus 215. With women's with virtually identical records. Um, the reason the line is so high because Dumont is a huge favorite because she's a huge girl at five, seven. Uh, she's a natural featherweight that's coming down to bantamweight here versus Blanchfield. Who's a natural flyweight coming up. And so they're really 20 pounds separate or two weight classes separate. Um, there might be a situation where they get in the octagon and they're like, how the hell do they book this? But for me, it's still women's MMA. It's still women's bantamweight. This is still much closer to a 50 50 than it is a minus 255. Uh, Blanchfield's, she's got a good karate based striking. I don't want to counter out. Uh, this probably won't see my card, but this is a dog or pass for sure. Yeah, for me, it's just a straight pass. I actually saw the line and I instantly didn't even really take this one. I just, I, I'm not interested in seeing this. I, I'm not going to add it to any parlays. It's just, just one of those mid card. Go, go to the bathroom. Do whatever you need to do. Right. Lightweight bouts. Cook your Scott dinner Holt. or cook your breakfast. Cook your breakfast. Whatever. Don't fall. Scott Holt. I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, so you're gonna hear a lot of that. Your French uh, light- toast. Get them in the <laughs> oven. Lightweight bout. Scott Holtzman versus. Not how you cook French toast. Mataz Gamrat. Matus. Oh, this, this is a guy I love. Uh, I talked about him. Oh, he's he's um. I just don't read no goodly. Scott Holtzman plus 200, Matus Gamrat minus 240. We've, we've. Matus is a prospect I've talked a lot about before his debut. Um, the debut that actually did not go as planned. He lost a close de- decision to Guram Kutate Ladze, who's another guy who I'm yeah, I was about to say. super high on now. Uh, those yeah. two guys are absolutely. Yeah, I was about to say. Is it- <laughs> Kutate Ladze is the Georgian, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And Gamrot is is no joke of a prospect. I think I was like saying the same thing when he was about to face Kutate Ladze, but we didn't know how good Guram was at that point. Um, Gamrot can strike well. Gamrot can grapple well. He uses his strikes to initiate his grappling and set up takedowns really well. And he's super fucking strong. Holtzman, who just got murdered by Darius' spinning back fist last fight, besides yeah, that, is, has, has trouble with defensive wrestling. He ends up on his back multiple times a fight i mean holtzman's so strong for lightweight though it shocks me every time he gets down there he's so strong for lightweight and he also has a good chin regardless of the spinning back fist like he he i remember that being like people calling that somewhat a controversial stoppage because he like he doesn't ever go out out you know he's always still in it but i i i do continue he does have a tough time defensive grappling for me i just see gamrod because Gamrot kind of fight fought a weird game plan versus Kutate Ladze. Thought he was going to run through him in the first round. And then Guram gained his respect. And then the next two rounds were a much different fighter. And I think Matus is going to come here smarter, get back in the win column pretty easily. I think it'll be an impressive showing for him. And I'm not trying to disrespect no, or take I anything think- away from Hol- Scotty Hot Sauce Holdman, who's a beast. Right. Gamrot is, in my opinion, that good. I think this is going to be one of those. I mean, Holtzman, although he's like newer to the UFC, he's 37. I think this is just one of those where it's just the gatekeeper for lightweight and, and Gamrat's going to run right through him. You know what I mean? Gamrat's just reaching his prime. 
I'm excited for this one. I think 240, honestly, is a spot. Like, I really And if we're going to call back to the curtain jerker, uh, Scotty Hot Sauce Holdman trains at Jim O, which is the gym that Impa left for Sanford. So it, mm-hmm. it's a gym that MMA fighters are deciding isn't sophisticated enough or doesn't have enough training partners. Right. Like, they might as well go to Team Alpha now, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, and then the main event for the prelim card once again this prelim card starts at 11 so this will be around 130 it's lightweight bout jim miller the guy who never seems to go away against joe selecki the other human backpack in danny's words joe selecki here is minus 240 jim miller plus 200 it's a big i line. think that that's an appropriate line i do too uh, this big. one might not see my card, even though I really am a big Joe Selecki guy. So it is going to see my card. I, it actually already has seen my card. I placed a unit on Tuesday, I believe, right after set the spread, and I got it closer to 200. I think I got 215 or 220. But I, I don't know if I'll add more. I do like Selecki here for Danny's – Exact reasoning. I, I, I see a submission incoming. I really do. I, I think Jim Miller, although he's a veteran, a crafty veteran at that, who spent a lot of time on the mat, I think that he allows himself to get tapped out and subbed. And you've seen it multiple times. And I, I just think, although he's obviously one of the best lightweights as far as ring time and, and, and resumes go, He's just, he's a veteran. He's beatable. He's, he's just on the, he's just kind of there, you know, and I think select is going to be able to get it done. I agree with you completely. Obviously they're both great grapplers Uh, at 37 though. Jim Miller is the definition of the gatekeeper. Right. I mean, right. You you look at his record and I mean, he's got fights versus Poirier, Pettis, Diego Sanchez, Chiesa, Joe Lauzon, Trinaldo, Dan Hooker, Charles Oliveira. Yup. He's been I fighting mean, in the UFC since 2008. The guy has, I mean, Dariush and Cerrone have wins over him in 2015. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, I mean, Benson Henderson, Nate Diaz. I mean, he has fought the who's who. Dwayne Ludwig, who's coaching half these motherfuckers now. He has a win over. Um, but yes, this he looked like a shell of himself in his last be, fight versus Vince Michelle. Exactly. Look at that Vince Michelle fight is when I really realized it. And especially in those later rounds, this is going to be his 37th UFC fight. Wow. Wow. I mean, and and Selecki, you mentioned it half human, half backpack. He's not afraid of grappling with Jim. I see it hitting the mat early when Selecki wants. I see a rear naked choke incoming. I think it's going to be Selecki's fourth in a row. Bingo. I'm on the exact same page. I think Selecki's a good spot at minus 200. You can parlay it with Jorgen De Castro, potentially even like uh, Ignacio. There's there's some spots here for sure. Impa, sure Saldana. Oh, but I, I just I like I, I I think Selecki here actually is a playable line. I think it's definitely. Just, but get it in, get it in. And maybe even sprinkle that by sub. He's he's so talented. If he's just worried he's an opening, Jim, I know. I just worry that Jim Miller just he might just be just it's plus four hundred right now. It's, so lucky yeah, by you sub. Take you take that. You take that. You take That's that. a big number. You take that. You take that. 100% you take that. Um, okay. that Let's bring in Country Club. Kobe, for this one, you can bring it to the main car. MCC, the one that you're leading. I, I'm Take it over. Yeah, he's a big update for us in terms of the yeah. MCC standings. Oh, and really quickly, I wasn't here for news and notes, but I do want to mention Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez both lost and won last night. 
Right. Uh, That's one thing we didn't one. touch on. And the thing uh, that was crazy is Eddie Alvarez lost via DQ. It was crap. I, I didn't love it. It was it punches was really behind the ear. It was while he's turning it his head. Really, it was stupid. It was really, really stupid. It was a, more of a sell than the Aljo. But and then speaking of Aljo. Speaking of Aljo and the, the knee from the ground, Demetrius Johnson got absolutely knocked the fuck out by the one champion. No, and, and props to Adrian Marias, who dropped him with an uppercut prior to ending yeah. his night with the with the a very well dis- i was saying with i was watching a couple friends i was saying a very well disguised uppercut mm-hmm. very well disguised landed flush and then right when he was on the knee followed it up with a knee on the ground is phenomenal phenomenal i i hope we see him in the ufc one day he's very talented and then also shout out to rod tank who fought last night oh, I, I was a gonna fucking say, ridiculous person ridiculous person one of my favorite people in combat sports if you watch and, and i hope he gets back together with stamp fair dude i hope i don't even know what i hope i love watching him he's a blast so kobe sorry for that little tangent and added news and notes go ahead mcc lead us off mcc for the first time in 2021 your boy in the lead of the mcc jumped on y'all with a couple of points last week i'm in first dk in second just about 0.99 points behind me Parker in third, and Reese continues to bring up the rear. At some point, you're going to have to jump Park. I mean, he hasn't even been on the show, so. Well, that's it's that's the thing. He gets to, like sit back and whatever, whatever. This isn't a blast. This isn't a blast. Reese day. Let's. I'm. I, I'm done playing. I'm starting to play a cutesy. That's what keeps happening. You guys are hitting these plus four. He's our greenest capper. Let's leave, give him a break. Thank, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Danny's always got my back. All right. So I'm kicking things off for for the main card here. This this episode i guess okay so so let's so let's get into it welterweight bout first fight of the main card we got mike perry and danny rodriguez i'm on d that's not what i have written down i'm on under two and a half plus 115 wow pussy way out okay under two and a half plus 115 that's a good line so my initial lean here was to fade mike perry who's questionable mentally as a questionable <laughs> corner team does he have a corner team? team it's latori it's his wife it's his yeah that's what i'm saying does he even have a new corner mother team? the new mother uh i think he had a son ocean perry oh lord a couple months get, ago get darren till um, that motherfucker you gotta get darren till in there d-rod is coming off a robbery decision uh i think i was backing him here versus nick dalby where he was a five to one favorite live going into the third round where he led total and significant strikes in all three rounds, including round three, and then lost via unanimous decision. Neither of these guys are the most technical. Each likes to control the middle bang. They're tough as nails. And that's kind of where I ended up and both being tough as nails. I'm going to fade Mr. Country club here over two and a half plus 100, even money. That's all my right, I did say I was going to get cute with it. Ooh, not- one of us has got the wrong line there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the five times line, you cheater, Danny. Kobe's is right. Danny's got What's- over two and a half minus 135. Oh, my bad. My bad. Over two and a half minus 135. Okay. What was it? Even money? Nothing. You're high as shit. Um, I'm just going to take Daniel Rodriguez minus 150. I'm going to get cute later, but this isn't the spot because this line's cheap. And he's going to, he's my, I haven't seen Mike Perry, like Mike Perry, Mike Perry in so long. I don't know what I'm even seeing. Someone who has severe CTE or some shit. 
Danny, fight goes to decision. Yes. Okay, that's that's what I was looking at. I'm gonna I'm gonna go even money, fight goes to decision. I knew I wasn't crazy. All right, so I'm sitting here rooting for the for a third round, four minutes in, KO, TKO. <laughs> you both lose. I'm middle that. You know what? I mean, at this point, if I'm going to decision, let's go D-Rod by decision. Sorry to complicate things, country club. Plus 177, D-Rod decision. Had a little bit of mix-up with these lines yeah, that yeah. I had written down in my notes. Yeah, yeah, get prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and Reese, you're on D-Rod straight up? Yeah, D-Rod straight up. Give me the 150. All right, second fight of the main card. We've got, well, maybe not recent, but recently updated on the platforms that are hosting it. Nina Nunez and Mackenzie Dern. Nina, ask what, what was what's her Anseroff. name? Anseroff. Formerly Nina Ansteroff. Ansteroff. Nina Nunez, the new mother. Um, I am on the dog. I'm taking Mackenzie Dern by decision here, plus 422. That's a good line. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Mackenzie Dern. She has world-class jujitsu. Um, she's slowly but surely putting the rest of her game together. I do think she has the potential to be a future champ. And Anthroff, fresh off the pregnancy layoff, is a question mark to me. I, I think in, in the set of spread, I mentioned that I was leaning her, not heavily, but I, I was pretty adamant that I thought Anthroff was the better all-around fighter here. But I have so many question marks with her just having the baby. And, and not it, it's not the same as Mike Perry becoming a new dad or, or Stipe or all these guys we've seen become a dad. It's, it, Ansaroff was carrying the baby. She was fully at like, I think like 190 when, when she was carrying the baby and is now trying to make like a 115 fight. That, that's significant. I think I'm going to go with just straight up Dern here. And that, that internally for you listeners, that is a flip-flop because I started this week pretty sure that I was going to bet answer off. Uh, now I'm thinking that it's not going to see my card, but I'd rather ride with the person who I think has more potential. And I think Dern has more potential going forward. Okay. Well, you made my decision easy. I was going to do Anzanoff and do something flashy with it, but since you guys are both on Dern and I just need points, give me Anzanoff minus 140. Nunes. No. <laughs> yeah, fine, <laughs> Nunes. I'm not – I ain't no – I'm open. The goat's I'm wife. I'm woke. I'm woke. Yeah, uh, Anzanoff hash Nunes. That's fine. This is the – actually, I feel better betting in Nunes. So, yeah, give me, give me, give me <laughs> Nunes minus 140. Next fight on the main card, we've got a middleweight bout. Sam Alvey and Julian Marquez. I'm taking Marquez by KOTKO plus yeah, that's, 175. That's easy. That's easy. Real talk. Real talk. I'm going to surprise some people here. Um, Don't do it. Cuban Missile Prices. He's going to plod forward. He's going to throw bombs. Um, against Patolo, he looked all right and got that win late. But his jab looked like crap. Looked like he was pawing out like a cat, like it was not <laughs> intended to land at all. Um, just remember, Alvy is a counterpuncher. Oh, four and one in his last five. It is smiling, Sam Alvy. Just remember, could have been released. <laughs> Neither of great cardio, neither are super talented. 
this might be another like go get yourself a sandwich go open up a new case of beer and because of that i'm gonna go really cute i'm going to take sam alby by decision plus 370 See, like, i think that the longer that this fight goes the the more that this becomes a brawl and not a fight which it will because neither of these guys are that great i think i, I think i like sam alby it's going to be one of those annoying fights where you where you hope julian marquez is worth his like is worth his salt and it turns out that he's not and both of these fighters should probably be cut yeah i i don't hate that take I'm just going to take Julian Marquez minus 175. I'm, I, I, I promise you I will get cute and pick a spot. You guys aren't giving me the opportunity to yet because the, the fact – like I was looking at Marquez to get finishes, kind of like going around Kobe, but like plus 175 on KOTKO. It's plus 140 for him to win inside the distance. Like it's not that much to just take the straight up. I'm just going to take Marquez minus 175. I, I won't bet Sam, and I won't let anyone see me bet smile on Sam Alvey, and I, I just won't. I publicly won't do it. I, I got to save face. Featherweight bout is the second to last fight on the card. We've got this is Arnold. the bout, baby. The co-main. This is the bout. This is the bout. Go ahead. Arnold Sorry. Allen and Sadiq Youssef. I'm on Youssef by KOTKO plus three. What's the line on this one? What's the line on this one? Uh, you, you got your favorite red. Sadiq Youssef minus one forty-five and Arnold Allen plus one twenty-five. Are you looking at five dimes? I have 50. Yeah. Yep. It just moved, people. I still have 50 and 30. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's right there. Well, yeah, this is this is a really interesting one because both these people have made me a lot of money. Um, I think they're both undefeated within the UFC. I think you have to go in a promotion outside the UFC to find each of their last losses. That being said, um, I'm going to go with Allen here, just Arnold Allen straight at the plus 125. Um, Sadiq had a really close fight with Andre Feely in his last one, a fight that I would not have been offended or surprised if it had leaned touchy Feely's way. He's really talented at range, but I don't see him as, as well-rounded as Arnold Allen or as able to deal with Arnold Allen's grappling attack. I, I've got Arnold Allen here. I'm not sure how he gets it done. But I like his number, and I like the dog price. I, I literally have – I mean, I, I echo everything Dan says. I, I agree. I, I think the thing that scares me the most – I mean, the problem with Arnold Allen is it's like he, he's been relatively inactive, and it's like Nick Lance, Gilbert Melendez. I mean, those are guys that are like, you know, gatekeeper-y. I think that – was that the Gilbert Gilbert's Melendez like retired fight? now. Or I think that, that might have been his Melendez last fight, fight ever. Was that the Gilbert Melendez fight where he had that – huge calf kick from all those low kicks that's exactly what it was just a brutal low kick but like Mads Bernal Maquan Kami. I mean like his resume doesn't jump off to me the thing is though is Yusuf has scared me and I won't bet Yusuf because of how reckless he is and I don't know if I can trust the fact that Yusuf isn't going to go in there and get caught he got touched up by by Andre Feely. He's going and, to get and hit. He also got dropped. He got Allen. dropped by Shaman Marais a couple times. I think there's two knockdowns in that Shaman Marais fight. Um, and he's been taken down countless times. Yeah, he just packs a crazy power. I, I'm gonna go weird with it though because this one's so hard to predict. Anyways, 
I'm going to go Arnold Allen, and I'm going to do it by uh, decision at plus 225. See, that's not even value, though. That's not even value. Give me Arnold Allen plus 130. Fuck. Like, like, is that even, like, worth it? No, because he can finish him. I can't yeah, do it. I agree with you right there. I can't do it. I got to take the 130. I can't do it. Um, yep. Danny, you're also getting plus 130 there. That That's moved Reese's direction, not the way that we were looking at it. Cool. Uh, main event. Main event of the Vittori Holland card is Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland stepping in on about a week and a half, two weeks notice, replacing Darren Till. And this is a middleweight bout. I am on Marvin Vittori by decision here, plus 177. I am. Let's go to that. So Marvin Vittori is an interesting case because in his head, he's the only person that's beat Israel Adesanya. Yes. Thinks, yes, I agree. I'm in his head too. He thinks that he's one or two ranked wins. He thinks he's one ranked win away from that title rematch. He, and, that's, and that's why he was so disappointed and so angry at Darren Till getting injured because Darren Till, with his ranking, with his name, with his stature, moves Marvin Vittori up. Darren Till's like one and two at middleweight. He sucks. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. We see, right through it. we see right through it, but he, he's a fan favorite. I mean, you walk into Liverpool and they, they sing uh, Sweet Caroline. And right, but then he's twitching on the mat deal. with the Jorge Masvidal. Exactly. But the way that Vittori saw it was he beats Till significantly or, or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a big win, a, a finish of some kind. And he's right back in that title conversation. And I don't think he sees the same thing with Kevin Holland, but I think he sees the same approach. I think he, he's going to come in like a dog and do everything he can to get Holland out of there. I think, that he's an idiot if he doesn't shoot for a takedown in the first like 20 seconds. Brunson, Brunson just gave us that blueprint and it, it's an obvious blueprint. I mean, Holland, as much as he might've gotten his black belt from Travis Luter for fans or for listeners, I'm in air quotes here. He looked like a white belt. He wasn't even shrimping when Derek Brunson was on top of him. Now, although I do think Brunson might be a slightly better wrestler, I think that, Vittori's much more devastating when he has you down. I think Vittori can get this out of here. I'm going Vittori inside the distance for this five. And that is a plus 120. Yep, me, me too, Kobe. On the exact same thing. I think you're about to see the exact same fight we just watched repeat. The only difference is just a guy who's more An of a angry killer. Italian. Right, just more of a killer, right. I think I think Holland's been exposed. I think that as amazing as it is that he's always down to fight and step up, I think that you see that he's more of a gatekeeper, flashy striker type guy than he is an actual contender for the belt there. I think these Marvin Vittori's, Derek Brunson's, I mean, not so even so much Derek Brunson, but like the Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier, like those guys are killers. Even Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson, like those guys are killers. Those guys 
those guys will wear you down no matter where you take. I mean, straight up, I think Edmund Shabazian would be like a minus 200 favorite over Kevin Holland. He would. He would. And Vittori would starch him. Yeah, he would. 100%. He would. Yeah. Vittori's, Vittori, this is going to be an easy one for Vittori. It'll be really, not easy, but like Vittori's going to get the W. You can try to get cute with it. We obviously did because 340 is tough. 340 will probably, I probably will still sprinkle 340 or at least a parlay, but yeah. I'm on, I'm with Danny on the, I think he gets it done inside the distance. Love it. Is that it boys? That's the card. Wrap. All right. It was a little bit shaky this week. We had mixed, mixed bags here. We had a couple late hosts and then I think basically we had three different hosts tonight. We had three. We had to wait for our main host to get back to the safe house of his place. (laughs) Um, It is not the, uh, we not the like, not uh, not the, the one that was in the Rasta time zone. Bob Swarley, the man. Bob Swarley, man. We and have then, uh, in Bob Sled team. So, uh, can, should we announce what we have in store for next week, or should we just say we got something? Stuff? We got something in the works. We got something in the works. We got something in the works for next week. So you won't be disappointed. I promise you that. Something new. Something different. Something, very something new. to spice up your life. Bingo! A little salt bay action there. So I guess a poha. For that, enjoy the the morning card and uh, cue the music. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.